Welcome to Reign of Chains, a podcast dedicated to demonstrate the daily struggles and challenges of women in Turkey. My name is Amy Farouk, and today we will be presenting our newest episode, COVID-19, a witch hunt for women in Turkey. For many women worldwide, home has never been a safe place for them, as they are subject to violence by their partners and their families. Even more so during COVID-19, The global lockdown triggered a plague that lived inside women's homes by the name of violence. However, in Turkey, due to the lack of protective and preventative measures, Turkish women suffered from great challenges perpetuated by males that range from physical, mental, and social. Disclaimer, today's episode does highlight violence, abuse, and death. So today I would like to introduce our guests, Zeynep and Ella, to discuss the experiences faced by Turkish women during the COVID-19 pandemic and the social media campaigns that address these issues of violence and the desire to learn, has anything changed for women in Turkey since the COVID-19 lockdown? So thank you, Zeynep and Ella, for coming today. And I want to commend you both for your research, as I know it was difficult to track down data and stories since officials are hesitant to release them. So we'll start with you first, Ella. Can you provide us some insight of how the pandemic specifically affected Turkish women? Absolutely. So COVID-19 has exacerbated lots of pre-existing gender inequalities in Turkey and has had a profound impact on women across various aspects of their lives. Pre-COVID, women were finally earning opportunities equal to those of men. However, with COVID hitting, they were exposed to a greater extent of gender discrimination than before. One of the most notable challenges has been the surge in gender-based violence. With lockdowns and movement restrictions, women found themselves confined to their homes with their abusers, leading to a rise in domestic violence incidents. In addition, women working in informal sectors might have faced greater challenges due to the lack of social protection they acquire. Thank you, Ella, so much. Can you give our listeners some data on these? Of course. So reports show that physical violence increased by 80% and psychological violence increased by 93% from the previous year when COVID-19 hit Turkey. This significant increase in percentages demonstrates the urgency and attention violence on women in Turkey should be held to. Unfortunately, there have been many cases in which women have been neglected by the government regarding urgent and distressing situations. One woman, anonymous, reported to BBC that she was rejected support from various different police stations, despite having an assault report. Hence, the lack of support from the Turkish government has led women to hesitate towards reaching out and getting the help they desperately need. That's really distressing to hear. Have there been any any efforts to address this issue and provide support to women who face domestic violence during the pandemic? Yes, so fortunately, there have been several different organizations and initiatives that have been working tirelessly to address this issue. Shelters and helplines have been established to provide support and protection for survivors. However, it's crucial to highlight that the demand for these services has increased significantly, putting a strain on resources and funding. Thank you so much. Apart from domestic violence, have there been any other areas where Turkish women have been significantly affected by the pandemic? And Zainab, I would like you to answer that question, please. 
Absolutely. The pandemic has also had a severe economic impact on women. Many women work in sectors heavily affected by lockdowns, such as retail, hospitality, and informal labor. Moreover, many companies dismissed women first from their jobs as a response to the pandemic, causing a severe impact on the professional lives of women in Turkey. The loss of jobs and income has immensely affected women, pushing them into further financial instability. Few women have been able to start their own business and empower their independence. However, there still remain challenges regarding financial traditions of women. Can you also explain, Zainab, what roles women were introduced to during the pandemic? So how did they transition to being in the workforce if they were? And then, of course, housewives and mothers. What changed during that period of time? The burden of unpaid care work, including homeschooling and caregiving responsibilities, has also fallen disproportionately on women. In Turkey, where the patriarchy is explicit, it is commonly taught that as the head of the family, men single-handedly determine the existence of women and domestic work is seen as the primary responsibility of women. This has become so common that a vast majority of these women internalize the gender roles, therefore feeling an overwhelming sense of responsibility towards family stemming from the guilt of working outside of the house. Okay, how did the workload women acquire change with the pandemic? Most working married women usually took on second shifts and then were expected to do housework after completing paid work. Considering this sum of paid and unpaid work, women who work more hours than their husbands often feel exhausted. This was only heightened during the pandemic where most women were deemed responsible for staying home, looking after children, cooking and cleaning excessively to avoid contracting COVID-19. Thank you so much. Were there during this period of time, because the lockdowns were so strict, were there any additional healthcare concerns that Turkish women faced? Yes, there has been a disruption to healthcare access for women with the introduction of restrictions to healthcare access, causing a noxious impact on women's required needs such as contraceptives and prenatal care. Thank you. So you talked about the perceptions imposed on women at home and how single mothers were affected in these respects. Because if we consider even layoffs in the closing of nurseries, women must be one of the segments that suffered the most because of the pandemic. What do you think about that, Ella? I think it's really good that we are touching on this subject that desperately needs to be talked more about because the difficulties faced by single mothers are much more than many other individuals, especially since they acquire much more stress than other people in both economically and mentally due to their profound responsibilities. So, of course, it's not easy. Therefore, they may be one of the most affected people by the pandemic because of the strict restrictions on leaving the house and taking care of their children's education, which might have greatly disrupted their personal, financial, and social lives. By facing the difficulties of caring for their children with no external help, they have harmed themselves both psychologically and physically. Looking back to 2020, when Turkish officials imposed the strict lockdown, how many women were reported dead, Zainab? Can you give us the data on that, please? 300 femicides have been committed. 171 women were found as suspiciously dead. It could not be determined why 182 of the 300 women were killed. 
22 women were killed due to economical reasons. 96 women were killed while trying to make a decision about their own life, such as wanting to divorce, refusing to make peace, refusing to marry, and rejecting the relationship. I find it really disturbing that 182 deaths of women could not be determined. What are your thoughts on that? And like, what do you think those possibilities of their death could be? What were they like? How or why did they die? What are your thoughts on that, Ella? I think, first of all, that it's incredibly sad that the reason why these deaths could not even be determined. I mean, not identifying the pretext of these 182 femicides is a result of the violence against women and femicides being made invisible. That alone itself just speaks a lot. So, unless it is determined by whom and why the women were killed, unless a fair trial is made with suspects and defendants, and in which murderers are receiving deterrent punishments with preventive measures, violence will continue to gradually increase. It's disheartening to see how these challenges affected Turkish women. Now, let's move on to COVID 19 social media campaigns. And more specifically, the black and white challenge that actually gained a global prominence on social media during the pandemic. Can you tell our listeners a bit about it? I'm sure many of them heard about it or saw about, like, even participated. What did it represent for Turkish women? And how does it tie into the larger context of women's rights? The black and white challenge, which involved women posting black and white photos of themselves, was initially intended to promote solidarity and raise awareness about femicide and violence against the women. However, it faced criticism for its lack of concrete action and for diverting attention away from the underlying issues that women faced. While raising awareness essential, it is equally important to channel efforts towards sustainable solutions policy chains, and providing supports for victims. Yes, I really believe that it is crucial to navigate the intersection between online activists, which is great. However, there also needs to be tangible actions that are effective. So as we conclude the discussion, do you have any recommendations on how individuals, communities, and policymakers can address the challenges faced by Turkish women in the wake of the pandemic? Yes, absolutely. So firstly, we need to prioritize funding for organizations that support survivors of domestic violence, ensuring they have the necessary resources to meet the increased demand. Second, There is a desperate need to create sustainable economic opportunities for women, especially in sectors that have traditionally been male dominated, that will hopefully progress with progressive steps that we take towards this goal. Lastly, we should work towards comprehensive gender equality policies that address issues such as unpaid care work, discrimination, and violence against women. Thank you, Ella. Those are really insightful recommendations, and I'm glad all of the points you made actually touch on United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And I really hope listeners take them to heart and really try to work to implement them because it, they do work if they are implemented and it can help create a more equitable society. Thank you for having us. It was a pleasure to contribute to this important conversation.
Yes, thank you so much for having us and letting us share our thoughts on a subject that is many times ignored and considered to not even be worthy of mention. Thank you, listeners. That concludes our episode of the podcast today. We hope that this discussion has raised awareness, inspired action towards supporting Turkish women, and amplified the voices of those who are unheard during these challenging times. Please stay tuned for more empowering episodes so that we can move forward towards making a difference within society to create a better and less violent today for a physical and mentally healthier tomorrow. Remember, your voice matters. Be the voice of those who are unheard. Thank you so much, Zainab and Ella. I really appreciate you guys coming today. 